Hello, and welcome to Backdoor Cover. This is Micah. How is it going today? It's Saturday morning. We're giving Brad the week off from podcasting. I'm not even asking his permission. He just deserves time to sleep because he has a child. Big shouts to Brad and Claire and Aaron, the whole fam. But today, uh, this is Backdoor Cover. It is a sports podcast. I don't have the intro music. My apologies. Uh, We're going to talk about some sports. A big weekend in the professional football realm. There is some soccer news that I do want to talk about that has nothing to do with soccer. And, uh, you know, hoops are in full swing. There's some stuff going on. So I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to Backdoor Cover. Uh, A couple notes, as always, check out our friends over at Early Bird CBD. Use promo code ALGO, A-L-G-O, to save 20% off the best full-spectrum hemp gummies in the game. Stock up now for sober January, dry January, whatever you want. You will not regret it. They ship to all 50 states. They get a microdose of THC. Take the edge off this sober January with Early Bird CBD or just this holiday season with your family. Earlybirdcbd.com, promo code ALGO. Also check out Mind of Micah, Micah's Read of the Week, you know, whatever else. You know where to find me, at Micah Weiner on the social media. All right, so... There's no real fun way to talk about this. Uh, Grant Wall, a... U.S. soccer journalist is dead at 48. Uh, He died yesterday in Qatar. I don't know what happened. Nobody really knows what happened. The the story goes, and I will read from the wire services, uh, Grant Wall died early Saturday while covering the World Cup match between Argentina and the Netherlands. He was 48. U.S. media seated near him said Wall fell back in his seat in the press box at some stadium uh, during extra time, and reporters adjacent to him called for assistance. Emergency service workers responded very quickly, reporters said, and they were later told that Wall had died. He received immediate medical emergency treatment on site, which continued as he was transferred by ambulance to a hospital, this according to World Cup Organizing Committee in a statement. Um, That statement, of course, did not list a cause of death. We are in touch with the U.S. Embassy and uh, relevant local authorities to ensure the process of uh, the process is in according with the family's wishes. Wall was covering his eighth World Cup. He wrote Monday on his website, that he had visited a medical clinic in Qatar. He said, My body finally broke down on me. Three weeks of little sleep, high stress, and lots of work can do that to you. What had been a cold over the last 10 days turned into something more severe on the night of the USA-Netherlands game, and I could feel my upper chest take on a new level of pressure and discomfort. I didn't have COVID, uh, but when I went to the medical clinic and the main medical media center today, they said I probably have bronchitis. They gave me some antibiotics and some heavy-duty cough syrup, and I'm already feeling better a few hours later, but still no bueno, he says. Uh, So apparently there's some bronchitis going on. Uh, 
allegedly. Let's just be straight here. Nobody thinks. I mean, everyone who listens to me and knows this podcast knows my disdain for conspiracy theories. But there is no reason to believe that there isn't foul play here. It just is too obvious. It seems very random that a healthy 48-year-old would just die. Covering soccer for three weeks isn't like, I mean, I, I know there's long hours involved or whatever, even though there's only two games a day. I, I, I'm i sorry. They're all in the same, you're, it, this World Cup was in, all in the same city. No trip is more than 40 minutes away. Let's not act like, I mean, I know that he said it's been exhausting, and I'm sure it has, and he's been working hard, but this isn't like a, even a regular World Cup where you'd have to fly all around a host nation uh, to get to several games and travel and everything else. So we'll see. Um, you know, he wrote a lot about this, uh, general sickness, things going on. Uh, again, it seems strange that somebody would die. Of course, during this World Cup, Wall drew international attention after saying he was briefly stopped from attending a U.S. match against Wales November 21st for wearing a rainbow-colored T-shirt in support of those who identify uh, LB with the LBG, LGBTQIA+, as their rights are criminalized in Qatar, a conservative Muslim nation. Wall wrote he was detained for 25 minutes and then let go by a security commander. Wall said FIFA apologized to him. Wall was a 96 graduate of Princeton and worked from, for Sports Illustrated from 96 to 2021, known primarily for coverage of soccer and college basketball. Uh, he also worked for Fox Sports from 2012 to 2019. He survived by a wife. Um, I mean, this is, uh, this is ugly and sad. He also, you know, most famously at Sports Illustrated, wrote the chosen one cover story about LeBron James in twenty or in two thousand two, when James was a junior in in uh, high school, which is kind of crazy. Uh, this is going to be a big story for a long time, and uh, I wish I could say that it's surprising, and it is certainly surprising that someone has died, uh, but. I mean, Grant Wall is to American soccer, for those of us who aren't diehards, uh, what Ariel Hawani is to MMA. He is the journalist that I know about. I can't name another soccer journalist. And uh, the fact that he would find himself dead at 48 is uh, shocking. And, uh, you know, who knows if anything is going to come from this. Uh, This is just, who knows? How's that? for a hot take. Who knows? Uh, he also wrote a piece uh, this week calling uh, people putting this on cowards, essentially. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm speechless. When, you, when, when journalists are dying randomly, that's, uh, that's a bad sign. Especially in a nation that, you know, doesn't care about free speech. Uh, it's a truly author- authoritarian nation uh, with a bad history of human rights. And now Grant Wall is dead in Qatar. It's not the way he wanted to go out, I would assume. Uh, the other thing that 
you know, has been on my mind this week is I'm very thankful Brittany Griner is home. And I bet she's very thankful now because I think as far as the spotlight on international uh, sport controversies, uh, Grant Wall is going to be a big story, probably internationally, but certainly here for a long time. And uh, as sort of callous as that sounds, you know, the attention on one international sports, horrific international sports story, uh, is probably all that our country can handle at one time. I'm glad Brittany got back. It will be interesting for me to see. Well, I, I guess it won't be interesting for me because I I have watched no soccer. I will continue to watch no soccer. What I have heard and read is that Fox has simply just ignored all of the horrendous human rights uh track record of Qatar and the the big question of course why are we even here I can't imagine they're going to ignore this uh, we'll see what happens they they have to find a way to cover it I would assume and so that will be a story uh, as I mentioned the last thing Grant Wall wrote and published on his Substack, December 8th Dateline Qatar they just don't care the Supreme Committee in charge of Qatar's World Cup doesn't care that a Filipino migrant worker died at Saudi Arabia's training resort during the group stage. He suffered a fatal blow to the head during a fall in a forklift accident. This information was kept under wraps until being broken by the athletics Adam Crafton. There is a quote from a uh, chief executive. Quote, death is a natural part of life, whether it's at work, whether it's in your sleep. And now... Grant Wall is dead. There's no easy way to uh, pivot to pro football, but that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Um, you know, college hoops is here. There was basketball. There was a fight last night at the end of uh, the uh, Pelicans game uh, over the Suns. The uh, Bucks beat the Mavericks 106-105 in a, in a, a great regular season game. But we're here to talk about pro football. Let's let's not sugarcoat things. A pretty good slate of games. Uh, we should probably talk about the insane Thursday night game that included <laughs> Baker Mayfield being cut on Monday, signed on Tuesday, and essentially playing the whole game on Thursday other than the first two series, and then leading his team down the field for a game-winning drive I think it was 98 yards uh, after Las Vegas did an unmentionable number of insane things uh, to shoot themselves in the foot. Bake is back, and <laughs> L.A. has their fourth win of the season in front of a mostly Las Vegas crowd in L.A. Um, man, just who cares about the L.A. Rams? The answer is no one, obviously. Um, but it's just... It's wild to me that that's that we're in. Has a has a Super Bowl winning team ever been this irrelevant? Has any team ever been this irrelevant? That was I I, I don't know. It's it's just it's hard to hard to imagine uh, what's happened. Even though they did win, it says probably more about Las Vegas. What a an all time choke job that was. Okay, moving to the slate, uh, we've got some games between 
you know, some games between winning teams as well as some fairly interesting matchups this week. Uh, we will start in the noon window. Or actually, before we do, uh, here are the teams on by this week. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, Washington. Most of those teams stink. In fact, five of the six really stink, and Washington isn't great. So that means as a result, we're going to have uh, some good matchups this week. We'll start uh, in the noon window. The Jets go to the Bills. The Bills are a surprising to me a 10-point home favorite. The over-under, 43. I don't know what the weather's going to look like. Um, let's see. 31 degrees. I'm not seeing any snow. Uh, that's always a concern this time of year. Hmm. I mean, that's good. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I trust Mike Mike White. Uh, 10 points does seem like a lot in a division game. But you're starting Mike White. So we'll see what happens there. The Battle of Ohio is on Sunday as well in the noon window. Cleveland with uh, the pervert go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati rounding into shape, surging at the moment. Uh, They are only five and a half point home favorites. I guess that tells you which way I'm leaning on this one, but should be an entertaining game. We'll see if Cleveland... At 5-7, and seven, still not out of the playoff hunt with the expanded playoff situation. I mean, hard for me ever to root for Cleveland, but I enjoy rooting against them. And uh, I like the Cincinnati team, so that's a mildly interesting game in the noon window. Also in the noon window, the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings go to the 5-7 and seven Detroit Lions. Did I mention the Detroit Lions? And yet, the Detroit Lions are two-point favorites. I believe this line opened at 2.5. But and I, I'm sure no 10 and two team has ever been a two point underdog against a five and seven team in NFL history, especially a, a 10 and two team that's healthy. We'll see and again, another division matchup there. Also in the noon window, uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee stinks. Houston at Dallas stinks. I think the Cowboys are 17.5-point favorites, the biggest line this season, the biggest line in several seasons. Um, I can't imagine laying the points, but Houston is unimaginably bad. I saw that Lovey Smith over the last eight years has like a 25% winning percentage uh, with his time in Chicago at the University of Illinois now with the Texans. Um you know, someone universally seen as a good man and a good football coach may just not be a good football coach or not a good head coach anyway. Anyway, uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh pretty much stinks. Baltimore playing with the backup quarterback. Uh, the The other very good game in the, uh, well, the other game worth watching in the noon window is Philly at the Giants. So both New York teams, I don't know how that works if you're in New York this week. Uh, I guess one would be on CBS and one would be on Fox. But you get a doubleheader of good games, which is kind of funny because, as you, you all recall, week one I just talked on this podcast about how sad it was to be a football fan in the, in the city of New York or the state of New York, even though they play in New Jersey, but we'll continue. Uh, the Eagles, a seven-point road favorite against the seven four-and-one Giants. I, uh, I, I'd like to get a hook before I played that game, but you don't have one right now. In a division matchup, seven's a lot. We'll see. In the late window, K-12 
KC at Denver stinks. Denver's just, they can't score touchdowns. They stink. Uh, Tampa at San Francisco. Don't let, don't let Tom Brady's ghost fool you. This Tampa team stinks. They're hurt. They're just not very good. San Francisco playing with Brock Purdy. That's fairly interesting that you have a Mr. Irrelevant rookie quarterback making his first career start against the GOAT. Um, for whatever that's worth. Carolina, Seattle stinks. Miami, so that there's your three three o'clock window, and that's those are all stanky. So Sunday, pay attention at noon. And the Sunday night game, Miami at the Chargers, another team nobody could possibly care about. Uh, the Dolphins are three-point road favorites in that one. Monday night, New England at Arizona, stinky. Man, bad Sunday, bad Thursday game, mediocre Sunday night game, bad Monday night game this week. And the the three late window games are terrible. So, you know, get by a TV from noon to 3.30 and then go do something with your family, you degenerates. Speaking of degenerates, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, go to uh, Patreon and check out Bet the Algo. Uh, we've got the the pick five episode is up. Go subscribe today. They are hitting on all cylinders. And uh, that's it for today. Check out everything else I talked about earlier. And go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use promo code ALGO for 20% off. Uh, that's it. Until next time, mm, bye-bye and thanks for listening.